0: Welcome to At Dyslexic Life with Joe Reese, forgot my name then, the podcast week 11. Um, I think it could be one of those episodes this morning. Okay, so I should be chill because I've got up and done yoga this morning, but for some reason I've just got lots of things all buzzing around in my head could it maybe be that it's Christmas nearly and it's nearly the end of term and there's a million and one things happening and we're all out of routine it could possibly be that um if you are following me on either instagram or on my facebook business page you'll know that i'm doing a dyslexic another way round advent where every day i'm sharing something to do with dyslexia so it could be a resource it could be a tip it could be something about me and my company but anyway i'm i'm posting something every day and today Uh, I'm going to say it's day 11, but it's not day 11 at all. It's day 7. Actually, it's a post all about the podcast. And I promise that I give a little update on my Christmas uh, planning because I said in the podcast a couple of weeks ago that I am really lastminute.com with... Christmas and actually I had a bit of a realisation about that this week and actually in yoga this morning I had all the best thoughts sometimes come when you stop and think for a minute don't they that actually I every year I say I'm unorganised because I don't buy a single present before December starts I just don't this year I had to because I had to send my sons to Australia early didn't I um but but I just don't and every year people tell me That I'm not very organised because I haven't bought anything before December. Like this year, I didn't even know where I was having Christmas dinner until Sunday just gone, but I'm actually having it at my house and I'm hosting it here. But also, lots of people post on social media that they've finished purchasing their Christmas presents by November, and that kind of sends me into panic. So, that coupled with people telling me that I'm unorganised makes me panic and feel like I'm unorganised. And my realisation is that actually I'm not unorganised because every year on Christmas Day, everybody has a present to open. There's always Christmas dinner on the table. Like everything gets done. And actually it isn't lastminute.com because actually I've scheduled out through December at what point I need to get kind of like what bits, if that makes sense. And actually, if I was to start thinking about Christmas in October then I would for sure be masking and that wouldn't be working with my brain. That would be working against my brain because I just don't have space to think about things that far in advance, if that makes sense. And I actually think if I was trying to be that organised, that wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be working kind of with me. I'd be working against me. And it kind of got me thinking that that's quite a good example of how... Maybe we judge people or maybe we comment. When people don't do things the same as us, we kind of perhaps cause judgment or it causes us to say things like, you're really unorganized or... Um, you know i couldn 't possibly leave mine until the last minute because i need to i need to to think in advance, and that 's great for those people, and that doesn 't make them good or bad people or unorganized or super organized or even o c d if you like it 's just that that 's how they do things to cope um so I feel like there needs to be more of an acceptance probably from myself, but also that everybody does things differently, and that's that 's okay. And then that got me thinking, where does this kind of complying and comparison come from? And I actually think that it comes from school and from education. Because if we think about it, with education, there is just no flexibility in it to play to people's strengths. Like literally, we measure people's success by jumping through the same hoops, which are obviously exams. They're Sats. It's the phonics screen as early as year one. It's the times tables test. Like if you go through education, and I know that there is a big move towards homeschooling now, but if you go through education, you are to jump through those hoops and that naturally causes can it naturally causes it means that you kind of compare yourself to other people around you and i have actually done a post this week on tiktok which has been quite controversial i i guess it's got a bit of traction in as much as you know asking about do people think that there is flexibility in the curriculum and what kind of prompted me to have that conversation really was that I've assessed recently quite a few children at primary school where joining their handwriting is genuinely really difficult, but schools are massively pushing it. Now, my understanding is, is that in order to get age-related expectations at year six, you had to join your handwriting, but somebody has corrected me on that and said it's, that's not actually the case. But I know that certainly lots of the schools I work with and lots of the young people I assess that struggle with handwriting, when parents have raised with schools the conversation of actually, does my child have to join? They're being forced to join and they're kind of excelling so much effort and intervention on joining that handwriting and it isn't really getting there that it's actually having a negative impact on the young person and don't even get me started on pen licenses there aren't very many schools that do that anymore but there are some that do you know surely at the end of the day we just want children to be able to write and communicate their ideas and it really shouldn't matter whether it's joined or not and equally if we can see a young person really struggling with the fine motor skills why are we not learning to touch type much earlier like actually surely it needs to be done on a needs by needs basis. The other question I've had recently about flexibility within the curriculum is studying a language um, because not all schools but the majority of schools um, it is compulsory that you take one modern foreign language and again I kind of think it's important that we we that we try because actually for some people with dyslexia learning a language is actually a strength and something that they kind of excel at because they're interested in it and they're motivated by but for some children it takes so much effort and actually they would be better off just focusing on those core subjects or subjects that they they enjoy so again it should be looked at on a need by niece individual individual basis and again you know i'm going to have this issue with with my daughter in a minute she's going to have to choose her options in January and actually she'd quite like to take four arts she'd quite like to take music she'd quite like to take drama she'd like to take art and she'd like to take DT but she won't be able to take all four of those she's going to have to drop one if not two of them and actually it though those are the things that really play to her strengths and actually there's quite a lot of maths in DT kind of involved in in DT, I guess, and science involved in DT. And I get that we have to learn. It's important that we're exposed to all subjects so that we can find out what our strengths are. And for sure, we need to know the basics of things. But my question is, do we need to study it? At GCSE level, question mark Do we need that depth of knowledge? And actually, should we, could we not be playing to child strengths a bit more? And I think the final thing that prompted me to having that discussion this week is I don't know if you've heard of the I could I'm not even going to say it like the baccalaureate route where you have to take um, a humanity, a language, three sciences, um, a and maths and English. And if you're academically minded, that's brilliant. But not everybody is. And again, some schools, you can choose whether you follow that route or not. But there are some schools where it is compulsory. Um, and I was having a conversation with a parent who was really frustrated because, again, she has a really creative, very dyslexic child. And she's literally going to be able to choose two of her GCSEs. The rest of them are decided for her. And it they don't play to her strengths at all. Um, so it's an interesting discussion for... Sure. Um, so yeah, so I'd be interested to know kind of like what your, your thoughts are on that. Um, bit lighthearted. Um, I posted, I created a post last night all about things that you'll find in a dyslexic living space. And it's prompted quite a comical response. Um, I was kind of looking around the house the other day and and somebody was saying to me, I I said in a post a couple of weeks ago, um, do I look for like, what do I look for? Or can I kind of spot dyslexia? And I guess it's there are kind of key things that are associated with dyslexia that I will spot. So, for example, there will always be loads of unopened mail, um, a drawer or a folder full of unopened mail that we will get to eventually, but not until we absolutely have to. We'll procrastinate on that. Um, you know, you'll find things in random places, you know, keys in the bathroom, because our short term working memory is is often overloaded. Um an untidy desk, like we try really hard to keep our desk tidy and we'll probably tidy it two or three times a day but actually maintaining its tidiness is really tricky when we're working Um, and that kind of prompted me really to share with you, as I said at the very beginning, we're towards the end of term now and it's Christmas so there are all sorts of extra strain on working memory, we're very out of routine if you're a parent with a school-aged child um, I'm sure there's Christmas parties, Christmas jumper day, mufti day, carol concert, nativity play, like that. there are just all these things that are kind of out of sequence that we kind of do, you know, Christmas parties, work dues, all of those things that kind of throw our usual routine out of balance. And I think it's really important that we have um, those proactive planning strategies in place, but also it's really important that we are kind to ourselves and accept that dyslexic errors are going to happen and it's just a case of managing them as carefully as we can and actually that's happened this morning for one of my children I've already had a text to say they've forgotten something they needed and actually they spent nearly 15 minutes getting stuff ready today Um, but they are creating some sort of Christmas video today so actually she was running around the house collecting up Christmas accessories not just for her but for kind of other people getting all of that ready making sure she had her lunch making sure she had all of books that actually she forgot um, her piano books but actually the piano lesson is something that changes every week from a Tuesday to a Thursday and actually it was just a stretch too far for her working memory today. So my parting message is if you're dyslexic and the dyslexic errors are happening be kind to yourself. If you've proactively put a strategy in place Um, and it just hasn't worked out because your working memory is overloaded, it's okay, it's doable, it happened, you know, we can get around it, and it happens to all of us. So, that's it for episode 11. Thank you so much for listening again. If you're new to the podcast, please do drop us a follow, go back and listen to previous episodes. But for now, all there is for me to say is enjoy the Christmas cheer in this week with the run-up to Christmas, and don't forget to... Always look on the dyslexic side of life. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Have a great week, guys.